We all have questions about faith, life, and God. This summer at Bellwether, our series is Ask Anything. We want to take your questions and try to give you answers. So join us on a Sunday morning and ask anything, and we'll look into God's Word to find the answer. that. That is your promise, that you make us new. So God, we praise you for that this morning. We thank you, God, that you don't see us as anything but worthy. We praise you for that. Lord God, I pray for David as he comes to deliver your word. God, I just pray that you speak through him. You open our hearts to hear your message, your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Borrow one of these tables here. Um, obviously, y'all can tell that I'm not John Hugh Tate. John Hugh is uh, down in Honduras, along with a significant number of the people from here. And they asked me to speak primarily because we're, we're moving from what, what we would call a, an, what we call an attractional church to a missional church, which is, attractional churches are like, instead of, having Chris, who does an awesome job, we would bring somebody like uh, Eddie Van Halen in here, and that would attract a lot of people in here. But we really want people who can expand on what they do. And I, I'm not here to preach this morning. I'm not a preacher. I'm, I'm a more of a, a teacher. My life has been spent training young doctors and, and people how to uh, succeed in medicine. And so, can I have that first slide up? Yeah. So, we, we kind of look at this in, in this church about as we move on with the concept of el- elders and deacons. And it's, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up the body of Christ. And so what we're moving to is for people recognizing their spiritual gifts here so that they can move forward. And so, you know, when we do the baptism, a lot of churches go, you know, raised in the newness of Christ and equipped for going out into the world. So my, my position is here is to kind of come from that angle. And I really had no idea I was going to talk on service this morning, so I'm going to have to just adjust this. No, I'm just kidding. Um, kind of what I'm going to talk about in general is uh, missions. And, you know, this is the third talk I've given in the last 10 days, and I can talk for an entire hour if unbridled. So I'm going to use some notes and also my phone so I can get an idea of what the time is so that I don't keep y'all here too long. Um, I get to talking, I get passionate about some of the things I do, and man, next thing you know, an hour is gone, and 
everybody's going, what the heck is going on here? Um, so I, I've been asked by John Hugh to come and talk about basically missions. And a lot of times when, when missionaries come, you know, you've been in churches where missionaries come, they sit and, and they come up here and they talk and they talk about all these little things they're doing, the, the various things. And I will talk about that at the end, um, specifically my experience and experiences we've had here at the church. Um, but I, it's two ways to go. That's kind of the soft end of mission work and service, and then there's kind of a hard end. So I, if it's all right with y'all, I'm going to kind of start out with like kind of the hard end from the Bible, and then I'm going to move to some of that softer stuff. So the, commonly the feelings we get when we see missionaries is the warmth we have for what they're doing, the passion for what they're doing, and, and where they're going with their missions. You see the kids in Africa, the stuff that we see in, in Honduras, but the harder part is what, why are we doing all that kind of stuff? And so we, we also have some feelings of guilt in, our, in ourselves for not going down there. And this, is not, this talk isn't to make anybody feel guilty for not going to Honduras because y'all see that I'm standing here. It's, you know, I, I've been to Honduras four times in the last two years, um, and like many of us, we have reasons why we can't make this trip, you know, for whatever, most of them valid. Um, the only way you can try to decide if you're, the validity of whether or not you should be doing mission work is kind of deep in your own heart, okay, so to validate that. Um, so, you know, I'm, mi- I'm missing being down there, and in a little while I'll show you kind of what it's like for people that may ha- be one of the reasons they don't want to go is they may feel uncomfortable about the situation they're going to be in down there. And that the not knowing when you're doing mission work is one of the biggest things that we get in trouble with. Um, main thing I want to do is go into the why, the who, and the how of how we get involved in service or mission work. Okay. Every day we're standing here, mission opportunities are all around us. Okay. Anywhere you look whether it's somebody coming in through the front door. Um, you know, you'd like to say, you know, you, know, you come in here, everybody says, welcome to Bellwether, welcome to be, be there. I, I would grant it that the warden at Parchment, when those prisoners come there, he says, welcome to Parchment. Okay? So we want to move away from that, you know, what does welcome mean? You know, wel- welcome to me means I'm here to serve you. I'm here to love you. I'm here to establish a Christian relationship with you. And I think that's more than just welcome, welcome to Bellwether, okay? And so we want to try to move towards that direction, okay? We need to recognize opportunities to do that. And so in my own life, I, I kind of was taught early on that there's a thing called spiritual flags, okay? So... When you're talking to somebody, whether it be at work, here at church, out playground, wherever you are, I, I look for what are called spiritual flags, okay? And so if somebody provides that opening for me, whether it be they look dejected, you know, have this feeling that something's not right, I try to connect with that person. In my own personal life, what happened to me early on is I would go see, I'm a surgeon by trade, and so when I would go see patients, they would, they would, well, I would talk to them, tell them about what I'm going to do and risk and all that stuff, and they go, pray for me, doc. 
And I'd say, great, I'll take care of that. And walk out of the room, and I may or may not get to that. At this point, what, what I felt, this deep, deep sensation in my chest is I could no longer do that. So when I, a patient asked me to pray for me, I stop right then, right there, and I do that with them in the room. And I don't care who's in there with them. And sometimes the nurses want to pass out, but that's just the way it goes. Okay? So I, I take care of it at that, at that particular moment. So you have to be able to recognize those opportunities, okay? Just it's this deep feeling in your chest that you have. And, and, and I, I'm sure in my own life that's where the deep working of the Holy Spirit is. You know, that's why the Holy Spirit was, was, had came to us. And so whether it's just this kind of subtle gnawing or crushing kind of feeling in your chest, which is what I get, it's one of those things that, we have to be able to respond to that, okay? So we're going to talk about, about why. That blue screen is tearing me up. But, the, uh, um, you know, the, when I started looking at where to go with this, I, I turned the, bu- the book of Luke because Luke is a physician by trade, at least that's what most people think, and then he's a Gentile, so that works really good for me. And... It's interesting, Luke, Luke is very detail-oriented about stuff, and I'm not going to get so detail-oriented, but a lot of his stuff, when he talks, is about the impact of what we do on second-class citizens. Also, it's about how the Holy Spirit works in our lives, and, and also our prayer lives. And so I want to um, use that to see if we can get a little clearer insight. So... Uh, from Luke 4, 18 through 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to pl- proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to pro- proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Okay. When we look at that, who, who do you think he's talking about? You know, most of us think he's talking about, you know, Chris mentioned when he was talking about, about, the, the poor and the, and the really poor way that the people live down, down in Honduras. And we, uh, I'm going to show you some slides if we get, some, get time to some of our past missions. But we're talking about reaching out to those people. But this also can mean us, you know, as far as poor in spirit, downtrodden, you know, lots of things happen in your life. And you hear, hear us talking about that quite a bit. And so we want to not only affect those people, so missions are not only there, but they're here, okay? So how does the journey of a 1,000 miles begin, okay? And I always tell people it's with the first step. And um, Luke 19.10 talks to that. That was the previous slide. Um, how, how do we help, Okay. Chris gave a sermon a couple weeks ago that was really, really just kind of spectacular on how to take that first step. You know, he talked about involvement and impact, involvement with these kids that he's gone. That, that's clearly, it's something that makes you move forward. And that sometimes it's a drawing inside of you. Sometimes it's peer pressure with somebody like saying, you know, hey, Mom, I want to go on a mission trip. Will you take me? You know, it's, it's various things like that. We had a youth group 
that went down to Smith Park and and uh, basically fellowship with the homeless. And you know, I did that for several several years. And my kids, you know, we have people in the car going along, and they're like, "What the heck is that person doing in our car?" But you know, to go to pharmacy or to go to the homeless shelter or to to get fed, and the sort of the way it, it goes in my life, and so is my, my family is not this nuclear group, at least I try not to be, it's nuclear group of when we have dinner, this is our family, and they're all facing each other. I, I try to have my face, family facing outward. Our world is not our little group right here, it's us back to back. And, and looking out. Does that make sense to everybody? And so if you can tur- first turn from that to looking out, and it freaks my kids out sometimes, and sometimes my wife, but it's the way it goes. Okay. Um, so why, why did Jesus come here in the first place? Good. Go back uh, one more. There you go. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So when you talk about Jesus coming here, he came here to, to basically to serve, and also to capture the lost. Okay, so the, those two things, when you look through the, the Bible, that's the main purpose. And I, I spent a lot of my years in church, probably my first 40 years at least, coming to church and reading the Bible and all those things just so that I wouldn't go to you-know-where. I somehow totally missed the concept of who Jesus was. And so about 10 years ago, I started looking and said, now, who is this Jesus guy and why is he important? Okay, so what I've come down to is basically where we are today and what we're talking about. Okay, So... Um, when we're talking about missions and talking about suffering, we're talking about relieving suffer, suffering of people. So like in Honduras, does anybody ever wonder why we go to Honduras? Why we have a, a team last week and a team this week down to Honduras? Anybody wonder that? In 1998, they had a, they had a hurricane called Mitch. It's so far either the first or second worst hurricane in history in the Atlantic Ocean. Wind speeds up to almost 200 miles an hour. It went across Central America, and it just stayed there and didn't move. And it dropped something like 70 inches of rain on those people. And so there was a movement around, especially in this area, called Salt and Light. And they felt the need to go down there, just like more recent history is going to Haiti, to start rebuilding that country. So several churches here got together. And they started this mission down there. And so still to this day, since 1998, that's what we're doing down there. It's trying to make an impact on them from that point forward. Okay, So economically and just as important spiritually. And so that's why um, we're sending. So you wonder how we got into that. That, That's how. Okay, Um, So... One of the most important thing is, and, and this is just looking at suffering, is that people who suffer, there's this basic human need they have. And the basic human need that people have is to feel loved, okay? You know, I, I can get that 
from coming here and some of my friends in here sitting around and, you know, hey, I love you, brother, Chris. You know, it's very encouraging. Some other guys from the Bible study we have. But what I've learned in other tragic points of my life is those people, if you're not careful, like, dude, your life is so bad. I'm, no, I'm not saying that about any of y'all, but your life is so bad, you're going to poison us, dude. So we need to, I use that word just in your honor. But, you know, we're, we're going to kind of go do our own thing with our families, and we're going to kind of move away and kind of not let any of your junk get in our life. And I, I've seen that over and over. The people down in Honduras and Africa, same sort of situation. You know, their governments abandoned them, uh, especially without infrastructure in times of disaster. And, you know, one of the things that we can all, one of the people we can always turn to that will love us no matter what is Jesus. And so it really sort of took a little while for me to really kind of understand that. And so purpose of serving others and the purpose of learning about Jesus and his kind of message and why he came here is so how we can reflect that to other people in our lives. That makes sense? So the way we do it is through relationships and through service, okay? And it really gives us no matter whether you're here, somebody here in this church, somebody in Jackson, the school, your work, or whatever, it just lets you know that they are loved and that they're never going to be alone. Okay? We have to be able to take that opportunity and emulate that. Okay? So, go to the next. Uh, we want to talk about who. And so we're going to Luke 20 through 23. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you who, when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. And this doesn't just have to be the Son of Man. This can be just us for whatever reason, Okay. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, so their fathers did to the prophets. Okay. So once again, I'll say we have to recognize those people, and then we have to be able to uh, intervene in their lives. And, and sort of that's, service is kind of the bottom line how you get into those relationships. Okay. There. There shouldn't be a sign on our, on our front lawn. I've been to a church where there was a sign right at the edge of the parking lot. It said, you're starting our church's mission field starting right here. This says you're going on the street. It really needs to start kind of right here. Okay? Um, so we have to be what we call on mission. Okay? That's loving, servant-minded, and sacrificial kind of all the time. A great story about guys who um, were sacrificial, and uh, there's all kinds of things we get from the story in in Luke uh, 17 through 26. It's the parable of the paralyzed man. But for my purposes, it's not the faith the man had going before Jesus to get healed. It's his friends that carry him up to the top of this building and knock a hole in the ceiling and drop him down in there so that he can be healed. I mean, that, that is a lot of love and sacrifice on their parts. Okay? 
our missions, just like we said earlier, should, should go to our work, our family, and our community. Okay? Um, for me personally, um, I, I try to recognize need. And when I do, I try to do that. So for me, it's easy. You know, it's, and what I do as a surgeon, there, there are very few more needy people that come that need to be operated on. And, you know, whether they got money or not, we take care of them. Um, you know, just sight unseen, we take patients right now from all over the state of Mississippi, no questions asked. And so for me, that's easy. Um, I, I spent the weekend last weekend with a group of 15 to 18-year-old uh, high school students. And in their lives, I try to direct them toward what might be important for them or how they can recognize this. And one of the ways is just being at school, somebody that's alone, doesn't, doesn't look like they um, have any friends, that, that something's wrong in their life, is to reach out to them. You know, that, if, if you can get high school students to kind of recognize that and move that, um, I, I think it sets them on a life pattern towards service. And trying to get through their heads, it, that's a starting point. It's sometimes difficult. And it's, uh, maybe you want to get two sticks and a piano wire and talking to them. But eventually, I think, you know, when you hear them talk at the end of, of three and a half, four days with them, I think it does have some impact. And, and that's sort of for them where they can start at work when somebody's suddenly their work uh, progress is falling down, they're having trouble. I mean, that's a place where you can start at work. But you have to be able to, to recognize those things, okay? Now, one of the things that the, when you go to Honduras, you're going to find is that you, man, with Chris down there just playing and belting out, and you're in these big worship services with, tons of people and all the people from Honduras and whether you're in Africa, you, you're going to get these high feelings. And when you come back, that really needs to be sustained. And so to be on mission versus going on a mission trip, that's sort of where I want to try to be sure we're directing everybody. Now, I won't spend a lot of time on this, but John Hugh talked about the Beatitudes in, uh, in, in Matthew. Luke goes a little bit more in that in Matthew 6, 24 through 26. And it says, Woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now and shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. For me, that's a scary verse. That isn't in, the, in Matthew. And so, you know, just keep in mind this being on mission thing all the time. Okay? Um, the next is how. And this is uh, kind of a tough one. Because in my experience here, when you go to somebody and said, hey, are you going to Honduras? They're like, man, there is no way I'm going to Honduras. That's out of the country. I'm going to get some kind of GI bug and all those, can't, those kind of things, and I'm not doing that. And so, you know, some of my closest brothers, they're like, man, forget it. And, and it's not for everybody. You, know, you just have to remember that loving those around you can be, just be as mission or not. So there's no reason to like, feel guilty for not wanting to go off. We've got plenty here to go on. Okay? The thing we have to remember is that ultimately the good news is Jesus' mission to save and rescue us. Okay? 
You don't have to get in somebody's face to try to try to show that or prove that. You know, you just show them who you are as a Christian, and service and love and sacrifice, and that that will Jesus' mission for coming here will come out. Okay, and so in the end, what we're going to do is is you look at the parable of the sower, and I won't go into all that detail about that, but the thing we need to to look at when we're talking about planting seeds on good ground, good soil, is that our roots are deep in what we're doing and that the message we're trying to send. The thing we cannot forget is okay to bring people to salvation, but part of our calling is to make disciples out of those people. Okay, So to be able to send them and serve. And so everybody here, you know, you're, you're once you've come to salvation, you've been baptized and all that thing, it's what you do and your relationships that really count, okay? Um, we want to replace injustice with justice, individualism with community, and neglect of others with compassion, okay? We don't need to question why people suffer. You know, people that question that, a lot of books, I read a lot of books on religion, not only who Jesus was, but why there shouldn't be religion. You know, basically the atheist books and the books that talk about that, that talk about why we should put religion down. And a lot of guys, you know, um, they spent their time trying to prove that and then, then moved on to find out that they really did believe in God and Jesus because there's no way that could be true. There are some people who say that every problem in the world is related to religion, okay? That, you know, you look at the Crusades and all that kind of, kind of stuff that's gone on. But, you know, in the end, you always get drawn back to this, this why did Jesus come here in the first place, okay? Um, if you truly have Jesus' heart for hurting people and alleviating suffering, the question is not why do we have suffering, but why are we not doing something about it in general? So I just kind of direct you that way, Okay. So, that's the hard stuff, okay? So, hopefully that made a little sense to you. So, we'll kind of move on to the kind of what we're doing and, and some of the stuff that I've done over the years. And some of it's hard. So, right now they're in Honduras. In the middle of that where it says the, the blue little lake is where our people are right now today. That's where John Hugh is and a lot of our members are there. Beautiful place. And this is just an example. This is Vacation Bible School. Just you can see how the kind of the beauty and the, you'll recognize people as we go through. The uh, you know there's there's one of our new college students and some of our youth in the Vacation Bible School. And that's some of the people we have contact with. Another Vacation Bible School. You can tell us my wife two pictures in a row. Sorry. Um, Go ahead. And this is a worship service when we're talking about worshiping with, uh, with the people locally. This is at one of their churches we go to. And just, you know, that's John Hugh there in the, in the brown shirt just praying with the people. This, I, I personally, when I've been to Africa, I've done medical missions. That, if I'm doing something to support somebody's vision, I think that's great. But... I don't get a lot out of practicing medicine. I, I get a lot out of building some tangible asset for the people that I come in contact. 
So that's an example of a finished house that we build. Check my time here. Doing good. Okay. And this is once we build a house, the, the, our Christian mission is important. Okay. So once we finish the house and we have the family there, we get together and have a house dedication, which includes all the things that 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 give Christian value to their lives and their homes, and also a Bible to go to these people. And so we don't want to forget, we just go down there and just intervene in their lives and do something nice for them, but also that we try to make something that will make somebody a disciple. Um, so that, that's what the houses look like when we're completed. And that one right there is a three-bedroom, has a, sort of a living room and a kitchen. And this is a worship thing. So that's Chris. I got down there the last time I went to Honduras, and there's these posters everywhere saying that Chris Kellum, superstar, is coming here to give worship. And those posters were all over the village where we were at. And that's really a good, good picture. But, you know, and if you're worried about where you're going to stay, I've got a friend that I work with at St. Dominic's that's a nurse, and she goes to Honduras, and she tells me about these little bathrooms that are holes in the ground they have to use. We don't, we don't go to that place. This is our place right there that we go to. It's a cabin's almost like a really nice state park. And so, you know, a lot of people are like, man, I'm not going down there to Honduras. I hear all these nightmare things. We, we don't have that. I mean, it's, it's a very beautiful place that we stay. And that's our home base. And this is the front of our home base. It has a restaurant and a little shop there. And people that, that really um, love on us and we, and so that we can make our job loving on the, the people in the villages around there a little bit easier. And when we were talking about poverty and things you can't imagine, you, you don't really have to imagine. This is a picture of somebody's house. This is what we start with. And the other picture that you saw is what we finish with. So they're going to be moving out of this and into that. Now, for me, medically, that's their kitchen right there. And so they're cooking their food, and they're eating it all right there. And all that smoke and all that stuff is going into the house. So when we build these houses, we fix them where the smoke will go outside. You know, it, that helps with their medical care as good as anything you can do by handing out pills, in, in my experience. Um, another example of another house, just, you know, those are boards that have opened. There's no insulation, nothing in there. Go to the inside. This is a church that we built uh, several years ago. That's laying the foundation. And if you go there now, there, there's a building that looks like this, except for it doesn't have walls. It's concrete floors, metal roof, looks almost identical to this, has a platform that's made out of concrete. Those people go to worship. That's where they worship. Chairs, folding chairs like this. Walls are all open, though. But otherwise, they have this kind of facility. And that's where we started out in building that thing, laying down the foundation for that. And where the people had been meeting was this really awesome Christian lady. Her, she's fairly well off compared to the rest of the village. She was having worship services in her um, carport. And so now we're completed this. It's a beautiful facility, and that's where they meet now. And that's Tabor, our fearless missions leader. That's kind of what it looks like when you're around there. So very beautiful. Go ahead. 
Uh, there's the construction of one of the houses and some of our team men, members. That's uh, Riley and Carmen. That's Cassie again. Keep going. And there's Ted. You know, that's we laid down the foundation of the church. Gosh, I didn't know I put so many pictures of my lovely wife in there. And so there's Derek. This is an orphanage. You know, go down just loving on the kids. You know, it's not anything we're doing for that orphanage. We're not building anything there. We're not giving them anything. We're just going and showing love, that let them know they're loved. Um, every one of these, we build this hole for a septic system so that all the stuff runs in there. And so it, you know, you don't, they have clean, their sewage runs away from the house. There's our, one of our big bulls in there for uh, getting them going. Keep going. All right, so th this is what, this is, we're moving to South Africa. This is what the squatter camps look at in South Africa. And basically, my son took this picture, and that's me. These, they have a square area that's about from here to the wall and about from here to there. They have a house built out of cardboard and stuff, and they have a little outhouse there. So that's where, they, where they're living. And there's thousands and thousands of them, okay? And so basically all I'm doing is fixing a fence so that one neighbor is separated from another. I'm not doing anything important at all in that particular thing, but just trying to show that somebody cares about them. So the next one. This is an example. Of, this is in the squatter camps outside of Johannesburg. Next one. So that right there is my oldest son, and he's just having fellowship with some of the kids at an orphanage. And um, go to the next one. That's me doing medicine on one of the little locals in a tent. And this is, we're trying to sustain an economy there, so we built a, basically a greenhouse so that the chief's son, who was going to be the next chief of that village, wouldn't have to move away so he could have a place to make his living, so he could stay in the village. Because he's a young Christian guy, we wanted to try to make a way where he could stay there and be chief of that village and not have to go off. You know, it'd be nice to have a Christian chief of an entire village. And so what we're trying to do is make, make them a sustainable economy. And this is in Lesotho, which is a little small area, and that's more fellowship with the, with the kids. Uh, the, this, these two guys are from Jackson. They went with our group. The, the guy on the left-hand side is a police officer in this precinct right now, and I see him roaming around. So he's watching over us. He's been to Africa with me. He now watches over me. So keep going. Um, this is myself and my oldest son. We're in Lesotho up on the top of the mountains. Um, one of the things I'll say that one of the things you get from mission trips is you go off with your, with your kids and take them with you. Um, I spent two weeks in Africa and Lesotho with that son. And some of those are some of the best memories I have. Um, my son died two years ago. And I don't have the memories of him dying. I've got these memories. Does that, that make sense? And so there's no cell phones. There's no video games. There's nothing. So just keep that in mind, if you would. And this is uh, Smith Park Fellowship. This is a recent youth trip down there. Keep going. Keep going. 
was feeding the homeless. There's my wife. We're in Israel in that picture. wasn't really a mission trip, but you know, if you go over there and act like a typical American, you're around Muslims. This is in this particular place is in the in the West Bank, and you know, you still can be loving there on mission, but not necessarily doing for somebody. Just not being, you know, a, a just a troublemaker. Best I can say. She's being friendly to the camel. And so there's me with a Bedouin guy, just kind of talking to him, hanging out. I get sunburned easy, so that's why the goofy hat. Next one. And that's John Hugh. That's where he is today. Same thing. We dig in that hole. Okay? And uh, appreciate you. So now as the worship team's going to come up, I'm done. I didn't take the whole hour. So. Sorry. Hope, hope you all found that worthwhile. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we just uh, come to you just once again just asking for forgiveness of our sins and for a clean heart and an open mind in order to hear your word and have your message move upon us. We just ask you for the opportunity to be the same as Jesus so that uh, we can be a service to others, loving to others, and, and make that sacrifice as you made your ultimate sacrifice for us and that you suffered ultimately for us. There's no comparison that we can have, Lord, Compared to the suffering that you just exhibited for us with, the, with letting your son be placed on the cross, we just uh, thank you so much for this opportunity we have, for the freedoms we have, the life we have. Just continue to show us how to serve others and how to continue to make our community a better place. Just, just continue to instill that same notion in our leadership, not only here at Bellwether, but uh, in our community and our nation. Just thank you so much for sending Jesus and showing us all these things that he has for us. In your name we pray, amen.